Hi, this is Pastor Ben Fagelin from Activate Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Activate. I want to invite you to turn with me to Hebrews 11. I want to read from verse 1 to 3. If there is a passage of Scripture that I, do, I would encourage you to memorize, uh, basically Genesis 1 to Revelation 22 would be helpful. But <clears throat> Hebrews 11, <clears throat> 1 to 3 is a good place to start because there's so much in it. And um, the Bible says in, in verse 1, Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. By faith, the people of old received their commendation. And by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. You need to understand today the relationship between God's word, your faith, and your breakthrough. <clears throat> now, Today, this morning, I want to speak to you on God's heavenly broadband network. God's heavenly, you've heard of national broadband network. God has a heavenly Wi-Fi. He has a heavenly broadband network that you and I have got to plug into. Now, in my household, the house where we live suffers from internet connection problems. Can anybody feel my pain today? All right. And it's a real problem when you're watching Netflix and you're in the middle of the climactic moment of the TV show or the movie that you've just given two hours of your life to. You'll never get it back. Right, And all of a sudden, in the middle of that moment that you are anticipating, you know, it's be it a crime thriller or an action or a romantic uh, a, a, a movie. I don't watch many of them, but, but whatever it is. And it gets to that climactic moment, and then all of a sudden the internet modem freezes, right? And it doesn't matter how many demons you cast out of that thing. It doesn't matter how much holy water you throw on that thing. It, it just will not submit to the lordship of Jesus in your household. And it's very frustrating. And, and, and I began to think about how well the NBN, the National Broadband Network, which is an online communications infrastructure designed to improve online communications, is supposed to... Uh, uh, quicken up this process and, and I'm yet to see the fulfillment of that promise in Jesus' name uh, in our household. But I began to think about in the same way in the kingdom of God, God has a heavenly broadband network. And if you don't plug into God's heavenly broadband network, you are going to have a breakdown in your connection, a breakdown in your prayer life, a breakdown in your giving, a breakdown in your relationship with God because God's heavenly broadband network is dependent upon this one fundamental thing. You see, you can give and you can give and you can give, but not necessarily see a return of harvest in your giving if it's not connected to God's HBN. You can pray and you can pray and you can pray and, and you can preach even and preach till you've lost your voice. But if you don't plug into God's HBN, you're not going to see the results and the answers that you're looking for. And sometimes what we do as believers is we blame the sovereignty of God for things our faith should take responsibility for. 
God's sovereignty is not going to do for you what God's Spirit has commissioned your faith to do. There are some things in the kingdom your faith can only possess. And we say, well, if God wills it or if God wants it, it'll happen. And then we sit back in our spiritual jacuzzi, sip our iced tea and want to watch, spectate God just show up and do everything for us. But if you want to live in the promised land, Israel, you're going to have to cross the Jordan River. You're going to have to go seven times around Jericho. You're going to have to lift up a shout of faith. You're going to have to conquer some giants. You're going to have to possess the land of milk and honey, not simply just wait for God's sovereignty to show up and do it all on your behalf. You see, God's heavenly broadband network is faith. Faith is a conductor of power. Doubt is an insulator from God's power. And many of us approach God and the kingdom based upon our needs. And we expect that because Philippians 4.13 says, My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. That because there is a need in existence in our life that God is obligated to meet that need. But even that promise is predicated upon your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews eleven six, not without needs, it's impossible to please God. It says without faith, it's impossible to please God. There are many needs that are not being met in this room today. There are many needs in our city. There are many needs in our culture. There are many needs all across the world. Not all of those needs are being met. And it's not because God isn't compassionate. It's not because God isn't loving. It isn't because He isn't kind. It's because He's looking for faith in the earth. When the Son of Man returns, He says, will He find faith in the earth? Implying that people of faith will be a rare species of individual. You see, the book of Hebrews was written to believers that were capitulating under the pressure of the culture around them to give up their faith in Jesus. And from Hebrews 1 to Hebrews 10, God, uh, uh, the, the Hebrew writer is building a case, building a foundation for why we can believe and what that belief looks like in Hebrews 11 and in Hebrews 12. And so too in our culture today, we are facing pressure to give up and walk away from our faith in Jesus Christ. We're made to look like idiots if we don't operate by reason, logic, and in the natural alone. And the moment you start talking faith for anything of, of, of eternal matter, anything of, of, of kingdom means other than your dreams and goals for your car, your house, and your career, you're looked upon as a strange alien of people. You see, one of the things you've got to understand about faith is it possesses God's now will for your life. The Hebrew writer begins by saying, now faith is. And one of the things that I believe God wants you to get a revelation of today is what God is doing now in your life. What God is doing now in this house. You see, God dwells in the eternal realm. 
He is not bound by time. He is not bound by space. He is not bound by matter. When Moses asked God, who shall I say sent me to go and deliver God's people from slavery in Egypt? God said, tell them I am has sent you. Now, I don't know about you, but if God said to me, I am has sent, just tell them I am. I'd be like, that's not very helpful. <clears throat> you know, like, is that an Apple product? I am. What, like, what, what, what the heck's going on here? I am. But what God was saying to Moses, he's giving him revelation of his nature. He's saying, before you were, I am. As you are now, I still am. And even after you're gone, I still will be, I am. Because I'm eternal. You see, what faith does, faith reaches into the eternal realm and touch something of the eternal nature of God for the now will of God for our lives. We've got to come to understand this. We've got to wrap our minds around it. Isaiah 43, 19 says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing now. Everybody say now. Now it springs forth present context many of us are waiting for God to do something in our tomorrow God is waiting for us to come into agreement with his now will for our lives today he doesn't want to just work in your life tomorrow or 2019 or in a, in a decade he wants to move in your life today Today is the day of salvation. His mercies are new every morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. What is God wanting to do in your life now? Are you perceptive? Do you have the perception to understand the insight in the spirit to perceive what God is doing now in your life? There are 5,476 promises in the Word of God. Which one of them are you coming into agreement with? Because all the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. But whether or not they manifest in your life as a yes and amen depends upon you coming into agreement with them by faith. And when you come into agreement with a promise by faith of what God is doing now in your life, that's when the invisible becomes visible. That's when the spiritual becomes material. You see, what a lack of faith doesn't agree with, our flesh will often try and manipulate. How do I know that? Because when Israel were at the foot of the promised land and they disobeyed, God by their lack of belief and they failed to possess that which God had called them to do the judgment came down the pipeline and God says you're going to be wandering around an entire generation 40 years in the wilderness this was only going to take you 11 days but are you going to wander around 40 years in the wilderness why because you lack faith lack of faith is an offense to God and what did Israel do they said oh well if that's the case Let's go up now. And if you read the story, all the soldiers uh, get their weaponry. They all try and head across the border only to get their, their, their backsides tarred like Collingwood will this week. And, and, and so that's not prophetic. But, um, well, it could be. Uh, but, but, but they try and get across the border and, and, and try and go into the promised land and they got defeated. Why? Because they operated out of the flesh rather than the spirit. I need some more microphone, please. Um, 
You see, faith is not only present tense, it's defined by two things. Faith is assurance and conviction in something even though I don't see it in the natural. Faith isn't just optimism and it's not presumption. Presumption is a fruit of your flesh. Optimism is a choice of your attitude and flesh. It's not a function of the spirit. I've met plenty of people that are optimistic about their money, their relationships, their health, their career goals, their, their, their vision wall, you know, put up the things you want for your future on the vision wall. They're optimistic, but they don't necessarily access the kingdom or the supernatural realm and see the power of God move in their life because faith is more than optimism and faith is more than a positive attitude and faith is more than presumption. The Hebrew writer says, faith is assurance of things hoped for, a conviction of things I can't see yet, but I believe it will manifest. This church was a vision in my heart and Simone's heart before it became a practical reality. We're standing in the product of faith and what God has put in your leaders for the coming days and up to this point, you're standing in the substance, the assurance, the conviction of their faith and the team's faith and the church's faith in what God has called you to as a church. My question is, what is this church going to do, look like, be like, establish in Melbourne and the community in the coming years based upon the exercising of your faith right now? What are you assured of? What are you convicted of in your heart? You see, faith lies dormant where it lacks a goal. Without a thing, without something, there's no substance. There's no assurance. You need a thing. What are you believing for this year for your life? In the last quarter of this year, as you think about 2019, what are you believing for? And the Hebrew writer in 10 chapters establishes that the ultimate source of our assurance and our conviction is the person of Jesus Christ, is his once and for all sacrifice on the cross. My faith is not based on a philosophy or an ideology. My faith is based upon a relationship with the way, the truth, and the life of who Jesus is. It's based in a person. Jesus, when he said, it is finished on the cross, he was saying, I have done everything necessary to conquer sin, Satan, and death for you to live in victory with full assurance of faith that you're receiving the gift of eternal life and you can live the full and abundant life why not because of what you do in your own strength but because of what Jesus has already done upon the cross he is the author and perfecter of our faith what he says settles everything not what I feel not what my opinion is what his word says So when Jesus moonwalks, did the original Michael Jackson moonwalk across the Sea of Galilee and all the disciples are freaking out. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Jesus, right? And and Jesus is walking and I love the Apostle Peter because although he's got foot in mouth disease, he's a man of faith. And he looks at Jesus is like, I'd like to do that. Yes, thank you very much. I'll order me one of those. And, And if he had stepped out of the boat and tried to walk on top of the water based upon imitation... He would have been operating in presumption of his flesh. He would have sunk. 
But because he said, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come to you on the water. In other words, if you say it, Jesus, that settles it. Because your word will not return to you void. It'll accomplish what you send it out to perform. The flower fades, the grass withers. But let me tell you, his word will remain forever. So if you want the supernatural to break into your life, what you need is a word from God. What you need is to hear God's word for this now season of your life. And the moment Jesus said come was all the provision that Peter needed to step out of the boat and begin to deny the laws of gravity and walk on top of the water. It's only when Peter got his eyes off the word, got his faith off the word and got his faith or his fear onto the wind and the waves and the circumstances around him. You see, you know you start to touch a supernatural when your faith in God's word is greater than your fear in your circumstance. I'm telling you, I'm facing some circumstances in my life right now in different ways as you are too, where you just got to hold on to the word. And, and yet there's more boldness, there's more confidence, there's more assurance in my heart than ever before, no matter what circumstance. Why? Because God is not a person that he should lie. He is the I am who will be faithful to every promise in our lives. You see, the entire foundation of your relationship with God is by grace through faith. If grace is water, the rivers of living water, faith is the pipeline. That, that we heard before, Pastor Ben said, that his grace is sufficient. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. There is not a lack or an inadequacy of grace for, uh, available for you. Gra gra grace is here. Grace is available grace is his divine unmerited favor it's available the issue is do you have a pipeline of faith that allows grace to connect to your heart that allows grace to connect to your life because it's by your faith that God commends you as righteous without faith you're not righteous because you can't earn your righteousness through your works that that's why the Hebrew writer says that it's by faith the people of old, the heroes of the faith, received their commendation as righteous. So when Noah builds an ark for a hundred years at the word of the Lord with no sign of rain, God says, I like that because that's faith and that's righteous. When Abraham and Sarah conceive a child 25 years after the promise at 100 years of age when their biology is not working properly, all of a sudden God looks at that and says, I like that, that's faith, that's righteous. Four times in the Bible it says the righteous live by faith. Everything in the kingdom is accessed by God's sovereign grace and your faith. Sovereign grace is there. Sovereign grace is available. What God's looking for are people of faith. Apparently the sin of unbelief has greater consequences than sexual sin. Say, so where'd you get that from? Well, all sin is sin, but according to Jesus in Matthew eleven twenty three, 23, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Sodom and Gomorrah, sexual sin, than it will be for Capernaum, 
the sin of unbelief. Capernaum rejected the works of Jesus. Capernaum rejected the, the reality of Jesus' ministry. To, and, 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 and basically Jesus is saying a lack of faith. Unbelief is offensive to me. Israel stayed in the wilderness 40 years. Why? They questioned God's power and ability to provide for them in the wilderness. Never allow your lack to inform your theology of the goodness of God in your life. Do not allow your contradictions or your paradoxes to form your view of who God is. No paradoxes and contradictions may come and go. They test our faith. In this world, you will have much tribulation. But remember the second half. Take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome your tribulation. I have overcome whatever contradiction or paradox. That doesn't always mean the paradox or contradiction immediately changes. But all I know is I'm not called to try and explain why God didn't do something in one season. I'm called to maintain my posture of faith. I'm called in spiritual warfare, according to Ephesians 6, to stand firm no matter what is coming against me. I'm called to believe for healing even in the face of sickness. I'm called to believe in faith as I give even in my lack. I am called to the life of faith. And so are you. You see, faith not only pleases God, but faith is what accesses the supernatural power of God. Because what faith does is it perceives in the spirit realm what your reason and logic cannot comprehend in the natural realm. That's why the Hebrew writer says, it's by faith we understand. Notice it doesn't say, didn't say it's by our education we understand. Our culture has replaced faith with education, reason and logic. Now I'm pro-education and I'm pro-logic and I'm pro-reason. God's given you a brain for a reason. He wants us to use it and he wants us to build wisdom. But there's a difference between knowledge in the natural and wisdom in the supernatural. It didn't say by knowledge a house is built. It says by wisdom a house is built. You can be knowledgeable and have no wisdom whatsoever. I'm pro-education. Get as educated as you possibly can. But if your education is greater than your revelation of who Jesus is, you're going to struggle to live by faith. And the reason is, is because the Spirit of God will ask you to do things sometimes in your business, in your relationships, in your family that will be unreasonable to you. That will be illogical. It won't make sense. Like when he comes to you in an offering and says, which he's done to many people many times, uh, hey, I want you to give this amount of money. And you know, you just do the basic math in your head in about 10 seconds. You know what that's going to mean for you. And then he says, you know what? I want you to step out, go on that mission trip, or I want you to start that business, plant that church, go do whatever it is that God's asked you. It's unreasonable. It's illogical. It doesn't make sense in the natural. But if you're bound by logic and reason alone, you won't live the life of faith. We pray and we pray and we pray. God, move. God, would you please move? God, would you speak? God, would you do something for you? Lord, we ask for a fresh move of your spirit at church today. And then God says, okay, I want to. And he asks us to do something that's uncomfortable to our flesh. 
that requires faith and we're like, hang on a second, that, that's the devil. That's my flesh. That, that, no, I'm not too sure about that. Listen, I've learned if you want to live the life of faith, you've got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable all the time at the moment. And have been for many years now. Why? Because he just keeps, you know, we sing it. Oh Lord, draw me out upon the waters and take me deeper than... I don't sing that song. You can sing that song. I don't sing that song. Because I, when I sing it, I want to mean it. Don't sing something you don't mean. We sing it and oh, it's all lovely and beautiful. And then he goes, okay, let's go. Let's go out upon the water. Let's go live the life of faith. And you're like, hang on a second. I didn't know that you're going to take me seriously. And, and, and... And he's like, no, 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 this is, this is the life of faith. This is what we're called to. And, and, but let me tell you something. It's only the life of faith. That is, that's where you get the testimonies from. It's only in the test of faith. That's where you get the breakthrough and the fruitfulness and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And you get to see God move in power in your life. When my father was diagnosed with a malignant tumor on his tongue, reason said, we're going to have to cut out half your tongue. You never speak the same way again. That's not good news for a priest and he picks up his Bible, comes to church, lets my, my mom and I know what's going on. This is a little boy that, 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 that this happened when I was a little boy. And, God, and dad comes down the front with his Bible and he begins to pray. He begins to confess the promises of God over his tongue. It was unreasonable. It was illogical to believe that this malignant tumor would change. But within seven days at his next visit, the doctor looks at it again and says, we need to retest it. It's changed. It looks different before we operate and the test results came back that it was no longer cancerous it was no longer malignant and they didn't have to operate it didn't make sense to the point that the doctor said I don't understand my dad's like but faith understands I understand Jesus understands why because there are some things in the kingdom life you will only walk in by faith how many things have we sacrificed? How many testimonies have we missed out on? Because we resorted back. And even then, God's speaking to me in that. How many stuff have we missed out? Because we stepped back from the life of faith. You see, for faith to materialize what's invisible into the visible realm, it has to be activated. Hello, Activate Church. It has to be activated. It's not, faith is not dormant. Faith is activated by three things. By what you hear, by what you declare, and by what you obey. Hebrew writer said, it's by faith we understand that the universe, what's material, was created by the Word of God. So there's something to do with the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God of God. So if my faith is going to be activated, it begins with hearing God's rhema inspired word. Two Greek words for, um, for, for, for hearing or, or for word, for word. Logos word, inspired word. Many of us are reading Logos, the written word of God every day. Powerful, amazing, foundational, do it. God's word to your spirit will never contradict his written word. You've got to do that but unless it becomes rhema, unless it becomes an aha moment, a light bulb moment, God, you're speaking to me right now. Everything in the Bible is truth 
But not all of that truth today is relevant to your need. You've got to find what's relevant for you today. And what's relevant for you today is the rhema word of God. So if you want faith to actually work in your life, you've got to hear what is God's rhema. What is God's inspired word for my life? Some of us are living off what God said last year at a conference or what God said last year at, 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 at a certain event. Now, we've got to get a fresh manner, a fresh word. That's why you've got to walk with Jesus every day. So we hear and then we declare. Now, many of us have been taught about confession, but confession is different to declaration. Confession is, this is what God said, and I'm, I'm, I'm confessing it in my life. He said, by his wounds and his stripes, I'm healed. I confess that. Declaration is what God is saying right now in your life. That's where the prophetic comes in. That's where you've got to have a now fresh relationship with God. When I go in, say, to prepare for a message like this or, or, or something that I'm doing, I don't want to go in and just get a cute little message that's going to tickle people's ears. I'm going in to say, God, what are you now saying to this group of people? What are you now saying to us? What are you saying right now that we need to hear, that I need to hear? And then I internalize that. I get it into my spirit and then you deliver it. And so you got to hear it and then you got to declare it. But thirdly, you got to obey it. You see, faith apart from works is dead. The best definition of faith I've heard is faith is obedience to the point of risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. If there's no margin for error, it's not faith. We, we, we want to live the life of faith but be comfortable. Have you discovered that? And we spend exorbitant amounts of money, I don't blame you, I'm there with you, to get comfortable. You know, let's get a back massage, let, let's go and, you know... Uh, have a nice meal and, and let's just sit in our couches and watch the footy and let, let, let's, just, let's just enjoy. Let's go watch a movie. Let, let's get comfortable, right? But, but the reality is, is that faith does something. It doesn't do anything to earn salvation. We've already got that. But if you want to walk in the greater works, it requires faith and it requires risk. When these three dimensions of faith are working together, hear, declare, obey, the invisible becomes visible. Little example, when we planted this church, we we're in 11 different locations in the first three years. And some of you were there during that time and you thank Jesus, we are not, you are not in 11 different locations now. And so amazingly, the church grew significantly during that time. But one of the things that we were doing is we're moving all the production equipment around in cars and, and, and on people's backs and all sorts of things, right? Everywhere we went. And so the troops were getting restless and they're saying, Pastor, you've got to do something about this. And I'm like, well, I can't just, you know, click my fingers and, and money just appear. And we'd been to the church many times for offerings. And, and at the beginning of the church, it wasn't a lot of money. We needed $10,000 to purchase a second-hand truck. It was very, maybe third or fourth-hand truck, okay? And so we realized if we don't get this truck, we're going to keep, you know, having problems with logistics and travel and production equipment. And I'm praying in my office one day, God, we need $10,000. And I'm weeping and gnashing of teeth. And, and, and God, you've got to hear. And, and, and God says, sit up. And, and, and I said, yes, sir. And he said, by this time tomorrow, 
you're going to have the money, the $10,000 in your hand. I heard it clearly. So I start wandering around the office telling everyone we're going to have the money. We're going to have the money. In my spirit, I'm starting declaring in my office because I heard it. I heard it. Now you've got to declare it. We're going to have $10,000 by this time tomorrow. I didn't know how we we're going to do that. Some of us, what we do is we try and work out the strategy before the word. We try and work out how before the what. No, just get the what in place. Let God inform the how. Then God said to me, now I want you to go meet this person. Gave me the name of the person. They didn't attend the church. Never had. Didn't know necessarily who we, are, who we were. I didn't know that they knew me. And he goes, I want you to book an appointment. I'm like, I started to come up in the flesh. All the reasons why this wasn't going to work, right? Busy person. Uh, he has a, a, a space in his calendar for one hour before the deadline of by this time tomorrow. Have you discovered God works at the 11th hour? So I booked the appointment in and God says, don't ask for money, don't prophesy money, just get to know this guy. You see, we Christians like to help Jesus sometimes. No, just be obedient to the word. So I turn up, I get to know this guy, just asking questions about his life, his business, his ministry. Nothing's happening. And I'm like, this is bad pizza. I've had bad pizza the night before. I've misheard God. I get up to leave and he goes, where are you going? I said, sir, I thought we'd finish. He said, no, sit down. And he calls his secretary and asks for the checkbook. And immediately my heart rate went to 180 beats per minute. I started to prophesy in my head, $1 million in Jesus' name. I'm seeing a whole fleet of secondhand trucks. I'm seeing like staff, I'm seeing buildings, I'm seeing everything, right? Because that's what pastors do. And no word of a lie has no idea of our need without any prompting, without any prior knowledge. In front of my eyes, he writes out a check for $10,000. I heard it. I declared it. I obeyed it. Stop looking for to man or a woman to supply your need. God will supply your need. God will make a way. How he does that is up to him. What he's looking for are people that will hear it, people that will declare it, and people that will obey it in faith. And I've discovered that God's heavenly broadband network is not limited by the size of your mountain. He never looks at your mountain and says, oh, this is a biggie. Let's just consult something. Let's get a third-party consultant in here. Angels, can you please help? I don't know what we're going to do with this situation. We look at our problems like we're looking up at Everest. He looks down on Everest and says, I created that mountain. Maybe not the problem in your life, but literal mountain. He created it. He knows how to handle mountains. God's HBN is not limited by the size of your mountain. It's limited by what you are not doing or are doing with the size of your faith. It's all about your faith. What are you doing with the faith that you have? You know, when a father brought his son to the disciples and they couldn't cast the demon out of the boy, they couldn't minister to the boy, the father's frustrated. There's a disconnect in God's HBN. There's a disconnect in the flow of ministry. And the father says to Jesus, 
can you help? And Jesus is like, can I help? Is this possible? Is it possible? Anything is possible for the one who believes. Jesus ministers to the boy, sets him free. And behind the scenes in private, in the back room, the disciples go, Jesus, can you please explain to us why that your HBN didn't work? Why the disconnect? And Jesus said, because of your little faith. Because of what you didn't do with the mustard seed of faith that is available to you. He said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed. Have you seen a mustard seed? You will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will obey you. And I just hear the Spirit of God saying today, I'm looking for a generation of faith. I'm looking for faith in the earth. My eyes are running to and fro throughout the earth, looking to show myself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal and faithful to me. He's looking for people of faith that the greater works, the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit can be seen. He's not not bringing the cavalry a backup. He's not bringing a guest speaker from another country. He's saying, activate, I want to use you. He's saying, I want to use you with your normal, ordinary, everyday reality. I want to use you, but I want to put my super on your natural. And it comes by faith. I want you to stand with me today. Hey, thanks for listening to the Activate Church Weekly Podcast. We hope you are encouraged today and we would love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to activatechurch.com.